We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe if you are not already. Hit that little alert button so that you are alerted every time there is a brand new episode released. As you have seen, the episodes are coming in hot and heavy. There's what two a days on the audio podcast at least, and I'm trying to update more and more on the video version. There's going to be a happy hour, I'm sure, again this week. So tons of stuff going on. So make sure again again, to subscribe if you're not already. Let's jump in right away though. It is crazy to think that the Packers have already had nine practices, including family night, and there has been a ton to talk about, a ton going on. This was a little bit of a shorter practice, a little less than an hour and a half. Um, when they said it was going to be you know, a lighter practice, they meant in time. It wasn't necessarily just like a walkthrough or anything like that. In fact, as they were getting ready to go to team, you know, based on Matt LaFleur saying that family night, that Monday would be a lighter practice. I was kind of expecting more of like a, a half pace or something like that, but no, they went full speed in team drills and it was really fun to see some of the development 
moment. So we'll go over those right away. But I guess before we get there, we do need to talk about the big news of the day. And that started with Rashawn Gary and him being activated off of the pup list and now officially on the active roster. So what this means for Gary as to when he's going to be able to return and start the season, we don't exactly know quite yet. You know, if you remember last year, the Packers had done similar things with Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, uh, but they did not start the first game of the year. Uh, they do have the option still of being, you know, putting Rashawn on the active roster. And then once he's on that first 53, they could put him on IR after that and sit him out a period of time until he's ready to play. We don't know what this means for Rashawn and when he's going to be able to come back. However, it is an extremely good sign that he is already able to practice in any capacity. He's going to start off in individual drills. He's not going to do any team. He's not going to do any, you know, I'm sure uh, team stuff this week in the, um, you know, in the, the scrimmages or the, the the practices with the Bengals. He's not obviously going to play in the preseason games. It's just going to take it one step at a time and see how he responds to everything. I, I can't stress to you guys enough how big of an influence Rashawn is from an energy standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from just like he is a real heart and soul member of not only the defense, but the team as a whole. So just to get him back out there practicing in any capacity on the field, that will be a boost for this team, this defense, and, and again, the Packers as a whole, especially as they head to Cincinnati and you know get the New England practices next week. It's it, it's going to come fast and, and all the, before you know it, it's going to be week one. So to see Rashawn out there and already doing his thing in individual drills out there with the team, just beyond ecstatic that he's already back in practicing. And, uh, you know, Elton was back a little bit quicker in some of the individual drills. And remember, uh, Elton did not play, at least from a time standpoint, remember Elton got hurt later in the season. So uh, if you sort of, you know, do the timelines, it would potentially mean that Rashawn could be ready for week one. But again, we'll take it one step at a time. And just his influence and his presence out on the field is definitely going to be felt. So I, if the, I was asked a question. I did a, a podcast um, with Evan Wittallison on Monday night. And I was asked of like, you know, do you think they'll put him in week one in Chicago on that field? And it's a great question. And it's a great point. That Soldier Field field is one of the worst, if not the worst fields in all of football. So if you're the, the Packers, you know you're going to be abundantly cautious with Rashawn and when he comes back. And do you really want to put him out there on the field in Chicago week one, even if he's like, you know, ready? Do you want to just give him one more week and, and go after that? Do you want to wait till that first home game? We'll see. But what I mentioned to, to Evan uh, on, that, on that podcast was if Rashawn is healthy and able to go, like you are going to have to you know, give him multiple tranquilizer darts to keep him off the field because he will want to go. He's going to want to do everything in his power to be out there. And Green Bay obviously has to look out for everyone's best interest and sometimes protect the player from themselves. But I guarantee you, Rashawn will be pushing to play week one in some capacity. And then I mentioned in the quick hits as well uh, from, from Monday's practice of like, you know, it easily could be a snap count for Rashawn Gary. And somebody posted in the comments, a snap count. This isn't David Bakhtiari. Listen, like you're going to be smart with Rashawn coming back from the injury. A snap count doesn't mean that this is going to be a long-term injury or anything like that, like Bakhtiari has. A snap count just means that hey, you probably want to ramp him up gradually over time to get him ready to play. You don't just want to throw him in week one in Chicago, bad turf, and have him play 65 snaps. I don't think that's smart for Rashawn or Green Bay. In fact, I, I think that would be like ne gross negligence on the Packers' part if that's what they did. So we'll see what it ultimately means, but there is no question about it. Uh, 
amazing to, to, to just see Rashawn back at practice. Right, meanwhile, Rashawn was not the only person who was making their 2023 debut with the Green Bay Packers. Grant Dubose, who had been ha- having issues with his back and did not hit you know, mini camps, OTAs, rookie mini camps, or any of training camps so far, was finally back at practice. And timing could not be better for Dubose because preseason week one is this week. And Malik Heath and Bo Melton have been going out there trying to make their case for wide receiver number six. Dubose, a seventh round pick. Uh, you know, would, you would think would have a leg up over the undrafted free agent and the guy they picked up off of the practice squad from Seattle a season ago. But if you can't practice, if you can't play, it's hard to keep that player, right? But now we're going to be able to see Dubose likely in some capacity this first week. I would think he'll play in the preseason, but we'll have to wait and see. And then, you know, obviously we'll get to see Melton and Malik Heath as well. But just great to see Dubose on the field. You know, physically, he looks like a, a fun, exciting player. I loved his tape. Like, yeah, that was my favorite seventh round pick by far when I watched the tape of all the undrafted guys. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Anthony Johnson Jr. was, but Dubose was very, very close uh, second. Both of those guys I loved. So, uh, yeah, and then obviously Carrington Valentine. They, they've had a really good draft class. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I liked a lot of those guys. But Dubose, very, very fun player. And I'm really excited to see what he can do now that he is back at practice. Meanwhile, David Bakhtiari also returned to practice and played in the team drills with the number ones, obviously. And, you know, I, I talked about it yesterday of just, you know, I was not concerned, not panicked, but. The alarm bells were going off just a little bit of like, he didn't practice or he didn't end practice Tuesday, didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday, didn't practice Saturday. It seemed like the plan was that they were going to want him to practice in some capacity on family night. That didn't happen. And it's like, all right, did did something happen here? Is something going worse? And Matt LaFleur did mention post-family night that there's no issue, no concern. This is just sort of the reality with Bakhtiari. But either way, you love seeing him back at practice on Monday. And it wasn't just like he was doing walkthroughs or anything like that. He was legitimately practicing with the number ones in team activities. So awesome to see him out there. And again, that that eases the the burden and the concern in some ways, right? And and as I mentioned, uh, you know, on a couple of different occasions, if if this hadn't happened in the past and, and the Packers hadn't, you know, been, you know, basically, I don't think they were being obtuse or like, you know, trying to hide things. I just don't think they knew what was going on with Bakhtiari and they kept being optimistic, but it never happened. And when he was out with the injuries, so it's just like, you can't necessarily take them at face value either. So you just have to kind of take what you get. And right now, Bakhtiari practice Monday, I'm, you know, things are good. And hopefully that continues. And yes, moving forward, there's going to be days where he leaves practice probably early. He probably is on a snap count as well. There's going to be other days where he doesn't practice at all. You know, and that was told to us day one of training camp by Matt LaFleur when we asked him about it. So we'll, we'll continue to monitor it, but hopefully this just means this is status quo for Bakhtiari now. They're just getting him ready for the season and that worry can kind of go away, at least in some capacity. Elton Jenkins also returned to practice. He just had an illness at family night, but great to see him back. Innis Gaines was the only new injury. He is fighting a quad injury. Lou Nichols also stayed or was still out and was still injured. It was reported by Packers PR that that was a shoulder injury. Jake Hansen, Eric Stokes, and Josiah DeGuara also remain out. Meanwhile, Packers brought in a new running back, most recently with the Cleveland Browns, Nate McCray. McCrary, excuse me, Nate McCrary. Uh, he is a high relative athletic score guy, 9.42 RAS, which means he's a 94th percentile athlete at running back. And I think the, the big thing here is with Lou Nichols battling that injury, 
you have to figure Jones and Dylan, if they do play, are probably playing extremely minimal snaps in week one of preseason. So you were down to Emmanuel Wilson, Patrick Taylor, and Tyler Goodson. And I do think that's probably enough. Like, I don't think they had to go out and get a running back, uh, even if you only had those three guys. But if you're going in with just Taylor and Wilson and Goodson as your really your only running backs, again, if Jones and Dylan play, it's probably minimal. Uh, and all of a sudden, one of those guys gets hurt, you'd probably like at least one more running back on the roster just to get you through some of those games if need be. So this makes sense with the the Lou Nichols injury and with Dylan and Jones probably not playing a ton. He's going to give them some depth in preseason. Uh, he was a 2021 draft or um, you know, draft eligible player. He went undrafted out of Saginaw Valley State. And in his career, he has two carries for negative one yard. So hopefully if Green Bay ever has to put him in a game, he can improve upon that negative 0.5 yard average so far in the NFL. All right, let's quickly talk about Jordan Love's day. If you want the full day breakdown, I did it in the quick recap, but I want to go over the five throws that I thought mattered on the day for Jordan Love. This is why we do not box score scout specifically in practice, but really even in games, preseason, regular season playoffs, it doesn't matter. You have to really see what happened through the course of the day and watch the player closely if you want to know if they performed well or not. Jordan Love on the day was six of 11 with five touchdowns. If I would have told you going into the day, and I'm telling you right now, when you hear this, Jordan Love, six of 11 for five touchdowns, he did have one interception as well. But if I would have told you that, you'd have been like, man, Jordan Love was dealing five touchdowns on six completions. Well, a lot of this was red zone and he started 0 for 4. He should have had another interception, which we're going to go over in just a moment. And his best throw of the day was actually an incompletion because Romeo Dobbs couldn't haul in a catch down the field. So it was a up and down day again, really the first time that Jordan had put the ball in, in danger in, in any real way, in any real practice. Like I said, I only had him chalked up to one really poor decision in the first eight practices. He had two in this specific practice. And again, we'll go over all those. So here are the five throws that you need to know about from Jordan Love from Monday's practice. The first play of practice drops back to pass, is looking for one of those quick throws. It looked like it may have been a slant or some sort of quick in-breaking route. Darnell Savage read it, jumped the route, great acceleration, picks off the pass, probably takes it to the house for a pick six. Not the way you want to start if you're Jordan Love. And like I said, he's done such a great job taking care of the ball so far. That was one of the rare instances in which he did not. But give Darnell Savage credit as well. When I talked to Aaron Nagler and Paul Brettel about it, they also mentioned like, hey, they would give credit to Savage on the play too for making the read, making the jump, and ultimately coming down with the interceptions. But that was the very first throw of practice. And then of course, you want to see how he's going to bounce back from that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. His next opportunity to throw the ball, dime. 50 yards down the field to Romeo Dobbs, tight coverage, put it only where Dobbs could get it, could not have handed it off to him any better. Now, to Romeo Dobbs, you know, credit or if whatever, however you want to define it, uh, at least to give him some accident forgiveness on the play, Keyshawn Nixon had really good coverage. And he was right there. And from my vantage point, I thought Romeo Dobbs had every opportunity to come down with the ball. Now, maybe Nixon made a play towards the end and and knocked it away a little bit. But either way, I thought this was a play that Romeo could have come down with. And Love put it right where he had to. Like, just beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous throw. It just ended up in a drop. So that was, you know, an 0 for 1 on the stat sheet, but was probably Jordan Love's best throw of the day. And then later you get into the red zone drills and most of the rest of the practice was nondescript. He had some touchdown passes in the flat, one of which I'll go over in just a moment. But then the last three plays of the day were the other three plays that I want to go over. So it's funny because it was the first two, the immediate pick six, and then the the throw down the field to Dobbs. And then you had what, six plays that, you know, up in near like, again, a couple touchdowns, a couple incompletions, whatever. And then the last three plays were the other three. So you had a play where he's trying to hit Jaden Reed like up the seam and Isaiah McDuffie was in coverage on the play and he sees McDuffie trailing Reed and he's going to loft it to Reed in the back of the end zone. Carrington Valentine comes off of it, reads Jordan Love extremely well, makes a play on the ball, goes up, high points it right in his hands. And unfortunately for Carrington Valentine, right through his hands. And then to add insult to injury for Valentine, not only does he miss the interception, not only does it go through his hands, but it goes directly in the hands of Jaden Reed for a touchdown in the back of the end zone. Now, I understand what Jordan was looking at at the play. This is another one where I, I have to give Carrington a lot of credit for you know kind of making that read and then going over and trying to make the interception and make the play on the ball. Probably one that ultimately Jordan would like to have back, but I can understand how, what he was looking at and, and understand why he, where he was going with the ball and why he was going there. Valentine makes the great play and then doesn't make the great play because it goes right through his hands. He did some push-ups after the play on his own accord, frustrated with himself. You could tell he was so mad that he dropped the ball. 
really an opportunity against the number one offense to come up with a major interception in red zone. And again, not only that, but it goes right through his hands and kudos to Jaden Reed for maintaining concentration. The ball still got tipped by Carrington Valentine in some capacity. He had that concentration, came down with the catch and then still had the wherewithal to tap both feet and make sure that he got both feet in bounds. Pretty awesome play at the end for Jaden Reed. The next play, uh, he goes hard count and you can tell that they're blitzing off of Jordan's left side. So he motions Patrick Taylor from the left side to the right side, and you he knows that it's going to be man-to-man on the right. So he's got that little stack set, and it's going to be that little rub slant play, right? So you're going to rub uh, or kind of have that, the first receiver up. I don't know if it was a receiver or a tight end, but they're going to just kind of go and get in the way. And then that second receiver is going to come in behind him, which was Romeo Dobbs on the play. So he knows all this because of the hard count. He knows the blitz is coming from the left. He's going to do the little fake handoff to the right with a run solution to the to the right. And then, you know, he's going to pull it back, hit Romeo Dobbs on the slant, which he pretty much knows pre-snap. There's going to be a huge opportunity for that to be open. Love sees all of that pre-snap, makes the fake, hits Romeo in stride. Tavarius Moore did as good as he could have in that situation to make that as tight as possible. Wasn't quick enough touchdown from Love to Romeo Dobbs. And you just love the pre and post snap processing on that play from Jordan. And then the last play of the day, uh, he bought a little bit of time. Musgrave came open and he hit Musgrave for the touchdown as well. So those are the five plays that you need to know about. Another up and down day, two turnover worthy plays. As mentioned, I I would chalk him up to three turnover worthy plays on the season now. Oddly enough, he's one for three for 10 yards and a touchdown on those three turnover worthy plays and an interception. He's now up to two interceptions, but through nine practices uh, with all the, the team stuff that they've done, not not bad, just a couple more dangerous passes than we've been used to from Jordan Love so far in training camp. Meanwhile, Darnell Savage, really nice day from him. He had the pick six to open practice or at least open team drills. And then he also had great coverage on Tyler Davis in the red zone. Certainly one of my players of the day. And anytime you have a pick six, it's going to be a big deal. But again, I thought he covered well and supported in the run as well. David Bakhtiari, he gave Lucas Van Ness and every other edge rusher everything they could handle. Wanted to try to get a little bit of a gauge for Van Ness and how he was doing. And it's just so hard against Bakhtiari because Bakhtiari is just a machine back there. Like you're, It's just so hard for anyone to get any pressure, much less a rookie in his first training camp. So I thought Bakhtiari, when he was in there, once again, dominant, just the David Bakhtiari that we're used to seeing. So that was a great sign as well. Tyler Goodson, I don't know how you cut this guy. I just don't. And I listen, I get... Matt LaFleur, Brian Gudikins both talking about, and I talked I talked about this weeks and weeks ago of like the number three running back position. You don't need a runner. You need a pass catcher, somebody that can pass protect, somebody that can play teams. And that's, I mean, Goodson can catch the ball, but he's not a teams guy. He's not a pass protector. Like it's hard to keep that guy when Jones and Dylan are on the roster, right? I just don't know how you cut him because like this, the offense was doing nothing on the day. And then finally, Tyler Goodson gets a runoff left side for some pretty decent yardage. Like he's the first player to get a play. And then in red zone, when they're struggling again, it's Tyler Goodson catches a little swing pass to the left, uses his acceleration, gets in the end zone for a touchdown in red zone drills. Like he's just coming up with plays every single day. And even when everything else isn't working, somehow Tyler Goodson has found ways to pick up yards, make plays. And that's just what we've seen. And to me, I I get he was undrafted. I get there's some limitations to his game. He's just too good, too talented, too fast, too quick. 
I would give him a shot. I would not subject him to waivers and see if some team you know picks him up or that maybe he's like, hey, I've had two years in Green Bay. You didn't keep me on the roster. I'm going to go sign with somebody else's practice squad. I just wouldn't risk it. I'd keep Tyler Goodson. Um, I know those those decisions are difficult, but he's just been too good. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I, I Maybe, obviously Green Bay could see something that I don't. They're going to have access to a lot more tape and everything than I would, but yeah, I, I've been really impressed with Tyler Goodson so far. And certainly last year I was, but this year he's been even a step better in my opinion. Jaden Reed had two touchdowns. Uh, he had the touchdown that I talked about, the great concentration in the back of the end zone. And then our fun play of the day, Jaden Reed in the backfield in that Randall Cobb sort of role, and he gets matched up with Isaiah McDuffie because of it. He just goes right in the flat, sprints out to the left, Jordan Love, easy pass to Jaden Reed. Reed just sprints past Isaiah McDuffie and right into the end zone. Nothing McDuffie could have done about it because he's just out leveraged with the speed that Jaden Reed possesses. So two touchdown day for Jaden Reed. That was nice as well. And then last but not least for my players of the day, I, I have to talk about Razul Douglas and I've talked about him. He's been on like my player of the day more than I think anyone else. He is having a phenomenal training camp. And I mean a phenomenal training camp. He is all over everything. His completions that he allows are short and extremely contested. Like he had the one double move against Samore Touré in that two-minute drill on that first Saturday practice. I think that's like the only time he's allowed anything significant at all. Like he has been dominating. And like, again, I talked about this the other day, but when Jair's on the other side, this particular practice, Jair didn't practice that much. We'll talk about that in just a second. But Still, when you've got Jair on the other side, you're going to get challenged a ton. He has been up for it. And listen, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, these guys have gone out and they've made big plays. Razul's had none of it. And he is right now confident. He's playing with a ton of swagger. He's playing with a ton of intensity. He's just, he's been absolutely awesome. And certainly in the conversation so far for MVP of training camp, that's that's how highly I'd put him uh, in, in his play so far in camp. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Can't get enough of it. I really enjoy watching him. And as Bill Huber said on the sideline, can't believe he was on a practice squad and Green Bay was just able to poach him off of it. He's been he's been extraordinary so far in camp. Play of the day, the Darnell Savage pick six. The most interesting play, Jaden Reed in the backfield. Meanwhile, uh, Anders Carlson was five for six on the day. He hit the upright on the 45-yarder that he attempted. So just barely missed it, just hit the upright and bounced back. He also hit from 50. 50 again, and then 51. He had six kicks total on the day. Again, five for six. All of them were into the wind with some pretty decent wins on the day. So that was a positive sign as well. I now have him at 30 out of 42 in training camp so far, 71.4%. Obviously that's not great, but 14 out of his last 15 kicks going back to family night and then Monday's practice, he has now made a 93.3% clip. That is me taking out the one that had the horrible snap from family night, but 14 out of 15 for 93.3%, certainly much better than his overall percentage. So hopefully things will continue to trend in the right direction for Anders Carlson. Some miscellaneous notes from Monday's practice. The offensive line rotation continues. Zach Tom at right tackle, Josh Myers at center to start. Then Josh Myers at center, Yash Nyman at right tackle was next up. And then finally, you've got Zach Tom at center with Yash Nyman at right tackle in that third listing of the offensive line. So they're going to continue to change things up. Very much believe Zach Tom will earn one of those spots. So the battle, in my opinion, becomes between um, Yash at right tackle and, and Josh Myers at center and where they want to play Zach Tom. And that'll remain to be seen, but that that rotation and that battle continues to progress, and we'll see what that means moving forward. 
Carrington Valentine got the start with the corners. Uh, he was opposite Razul Douglas the vast majority of the day. And then, you know, I, Jair basically sat team drills the, the most uh, of, of practice. And I think what you're going to see is Jair probably not play in this preseason game. So they're getting, you know, Carrington ready to play, I, you know, probably with the starters and deservedly so. He's at a great camp and nobody else at the cornerback position has. I don't think, um, you know, Ballantyne has. I don't think Keandre Thomas has. Ennis Gaines has struggled and now is hurt. Shamar John Charles has struggled. To me, Carrington easily, you know, corner four right now. We'll see what happens when Stokes comes back, which Matt LaFleur said Stokes not ready yet. So we'll have to continue to monitor that. But nice to see Carrington Ballantyne get that start with Jair out. Lucas Van Ness, starter at edge. Jonathan Owens, starter at safety. Those were the new, or the, you know, the rotational pieces that, you know, have been kind of changing up here and there. Those were the starters on Monday. Meanwhile, in his pre-practice uh, press conference, Matt LaFleur called Malik Keith a big goonish type wide receiver. And that's somewhat noteworthy because the, you know, goon is what they called Alan Lazard, right? And Matt LaFleur sort of joked of like, hey, you know how much we like those type of guys. So he is, he's a big physical, you know, prototypical possession wide receiver, a little bit scrappy. And again, we have seen that Matt LaFleur and the Packers like those type of wide receivers. So if, if you on the street are called big and goonish, probably not a compliment. Matt LaFleur talking about Malik Heath, calling him big and goonish, probably a very strong compliment and one uh, that is probably a good sign for Malik Heath moving forward. Your number two offensive line, Rashid Walker, Royce Newman, James Empey, Sean Ryan, and Yash Nyman. You had two more botched snaps on the day. Thankfully for Josh Myers, for the first time, it did not include Josh Myers on either of these. It was back-to-back plays, and it was between Cole Schneider and Alex Magoo. So they had two back-to-back botched snaps, which you never, of course, want to see. Carl Brooks, your daily Carl Brooks flash play update. He had two more big plays uh, where he jarred into the backfield. One play, he basically like clotheslined Emmanuel Wilson. Another play, he, he jolted into the backfield for a nice play. So he continues to make plays almost every single day. Once again, I'll say it's really a lot of the number twos and threes that he's going against, but he just continues to find ways into the backfield. Lucas Van Ness, I know a lot of people have been asking about him. He's had a mostly nondescript, you know, camp, nothing bad, nothing great, but he had two really nice run snap, uh, run stops on Monday. And that continues to be what I've been most impressed by. It's almost the exact opposite of what I was expecting. Kind of expected him to maybe have a, a couple more struggles with the run game, but show some of the upside as a pass rusher. So far, the pass rush stuff has been really hard and credit Zach Tom and Bakhtiari and those guys for that as well. But um, he's been really, really good against the run. So not what I was expecting, but I'll certainly take the run defense from Van Ness. And that's actually more likely to get him on the field on Sunday. So that's a good sign there. Meanwhile, speaking of edge players, Aaron Mosby, when he initially signed, there was some question whether he would be a linebacker, edge rusher, defensive lineman, where they would put him. He is with the edge group as expected. And my guess is he will stay there moving forward. And then last but not least, Kenny Clark had a nice day as well. Open practice, uh, one of the first plays with a big tackle for loss, and then also had a coverage sack in the red zone drills as well. That is going to do it for my Monday practice report. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, make sure to follow the podcast. If you're already following and subscribed, that's awesome. Now tell a friend, tell your cat, tell your mom, tell them how much you love Pack-A-Day and uh, make sure they go out and listen as well. If you're on your app uh, and listening to this, go out and give that five-star review. We'd always appreciate that. 
Um, but yeah, that's enough of me begging for you to do stuff. I just appreciate you guys being here. I'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.